yesterday we talked about, or we started to talk about how to get information and emotion across to the reader. Today, I want to continue that conversation and give you some tools in order to do that. But first, as I promised yesterday, I want to get into the specific theory behind all of this because it's it's important to know because it's a useful shorthand when you're trying to revise or you're trying to critique or you're just trying to develop your own writing. Informing someone of something is not the same as making them feel something. Informing is just making a statement as to what exists. The sky is blue, it's cloudy, it's rainy, there's a cup on the desk, there's somebody in the driveway, there's an axe murderer behind you, somebody laughs at a joke. These are information pieces. These are things you have been informed about. You have no emotional relationship to them just individually, if we were just to take a sentence and look at it on a piece of paper, you wouldn't have one feeling one way or the other without any other embellishment or addition or change to the piece of information, whatever it is. What you have that emotional response to is the context in which those pieces of information are created and where they're placed. If the idea is that we want to convey a sense of loss because we've walked into a room of someone who's gone from our lives and they left a cup on the desk, then they, the singularity of that cup, the individuality, the loneliness of that cup stands as a reminder of the fact that we are lonely, but that only comes out of the context having created in and around the cup on the desk. It being a cup and it being on the desk by itself are two different facts that have no emotional connection. It doesn't matter. If you're going to inform a reader of something, understand that you're not necessarily affecting them without context. And you're going to craft that context by being consequential, by being specific and important in what you're saying. So if you're going to talk about, hey, there's a cup on the desk, and you want them to focus on the cup rather than just describe the five things that are on the desk and then move on. If you're trying to make the cup matter, you need to set up a set of circumstances where the cup matters. And it can't be just through informing. You can't chase informing with more informing and then expect an emotional connection. Because if I say, well, there's a, there's a cup on the desk. I got that cup from my dad. You're not going to have an additional emotional connection unless you know something about the relationship I have with my dad. You're not going to suddenly take info plus info and equal emotion because what we're doing in that case is projecting our understanding of that relationship or our understanding of what that relationship could slash would be in order to understand the context of this made-up cup on this made-up desk. You see what I'm doing? You see what I'm talking about? You can't go info plus info for emotion. You need that info plus emotion for context. Now, that doesn't mean you can't put info in one sentence and the context comes in another. You don't have to stick it all in the same sentence. It doesn't even need to be in all in the same paragraph. But it does need to exist relative to each other. It does need to exist somewhere. And the longer you stretch it out, the longer you have information detached from emotion, you are either going to make it impactful, like discovering the sled is Rosebud, or that you know Bruce Willis was dead the entire time, or you're saying it's inconsequential and it doesn't ultimately matter, like, oh yeah, I guess that's where they just put the keys for the car. What we're 
what we're trying to do here, what we're trying to do or say or have or shape for the reader, no matter what we're writing anytime, is we're trying to craft as much emotion out of everything as possible. That does not mean, let's be really clear, that does not mean everything you create has to carry tremendous emotional weight. That's missing the point. That's misunderstanding the whole function of writing. Writing's job, and your job as a writer by extension, isn't just to show off how much you know or how imaginative you can be or that you're going to get a pat on the head for telling the bestest made-up story in the whole widest world. Your job is to move people. Your job is to create and express an emotion in a given made-up situation. See this thing? Here's a thing. Feel something about it based on how I've led you to feel that. It's a job. It's hard. It's not always straightforward. Sometimes you have to do some planning. And the best planning tool isn't just found in let's generate a crazy complicated backstory. The best planning tool for imparting emotion with your whatever the hell you're writing is to ask yourself, after I write the sentence where the emotion lives, after I write the scene where I want to generate fill-in-the-blank emotion, how do I want the reader to feel? So they read this thing I just wrote, a scene, a paragraph, a sentence, a line of dialogue, whatever. How do I want them to feel? How urgent is that feeling? How important is this feeling? Is it a big deal? Do I want them to focus on it? Do I want them just to kind of have that moment of like, oh, yeah, okay, I feel it, cool, on we go? Or do we want to really, truly generate something from this? Do we really and truly want to have them marinate in the feeling of, oh my God, any minute there's an axe murderer behind us? Or, oh my God, I can't believe they survived the fire. Yay. Anything in between. Think about the intensity of that emotion. Think about how long you want them to feel it. Is it supposed to be just feel it and move on? Get it done as quick as possible? Rip the bandaid off? Or is it something you want to let them marinate in? And then... Ask yourself, after you figured out the emotion and how intense it is and how long it's going to last, ask yourself, what in the thing I just wrote, what words, what punctuation, what concepts, what ideas, what pieces of the story stack together, lead the reader, encourage the reader, rather than just dictate to the reader, what leads or encourages the reader to feel that? What am I doing? How am I going to draw this out of them? Because ultimately, the emotion they're feeling, the emotion they're experiencing is a choice on their part. And all we can do as writers is craft situations that encourage making that choice. Because if we just run around and tell them, hey, be sad because, the you know, this happened. You know, the grandma melted in the volcano lava. Or be happy that, oh, my God, the bird is still alive. If you're telling them that, you're robbing them of the ability to make a choice. You're robbing them of the ability to have that depth and authentic emotional experience even for a simulated emotion that we want, you're not giving them a chance to make a choice and be engaged by the story. You're just talking at them. And I'm saying this as a guy who's talking at you through a microphone. After a while, um, it gets tiring, right? If somebody's just constantly just talk, 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 talk. Imagine if these things were five and six hours long, two or three times a day, you'd get sick of hearing my voice. I'd get sick of talking. That's a different story. The point I'm trying to make is you can only encourage. And facts alone, information, does not encourage because it's just a fact. It's snowing. It's raining. I'm wearing socks. You're wearing clothes. I'm hungry. That person's thirsty. Those are just facts. 
we have to develop meaning. We have to figure out how we connect or how we relate or how we are attracted or how we are repulsed by that idea from the baggage we, the readers, bring as just humans living lives, but also the baggage generated by the story itself. If you have a story where every time someone sneezes, somebody else dies, you know that when a character sneezes, it's a big damn deal. Or when a character feels a sneeze coming on, it's a big deal. You can build that tension. You can build that urgency. You can build that sense of sadness when all of a sudden it happens. But that's because you established it. You didn't just say, anytime somebody sneezes, somebody else dies. That's a little reductive and too simplistic. But if you layered it in, if you took more than the half-ass quick way through it, you could really make a sneeze into something tremendous. Information does not carry emotion. Context is made of information plus emotion. And there's a difference between informing someone and affecting someone. What I want you to look at today is your work, whatever you're writing, whatever you've got going on. Circle the spots, find the spots, put a gold star, put a check mark, put something by the spots where you are 90% or more certain that somebody reading this, whatever it is you're writing, will feel a feeling. Okay? Put two check marks or gold stars or big circles or happy faces or whatever's next to the ones, next to the things you've written that are specifically a feeling and you're pretty sure you're nailing it. See how often you're doing it. See how often you can summon the confidence in your own writing to track your emotional progression through the story. And then all those spots where you're less than 90% certain that you've evoked the emotion you want, put a question mark by it. How many question marks you got at the end of the day? That's something to work on. That's something to ask for help about. That's something to get feedback on. Because informing and affecting are two different controls we use to deploy story. Think about that, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.